What a Day is brought to you by Ulta Beauty. This AAPI Heritage Month, Ulta Beauty is celebrating the joy of belonging, belonging to a community composed of intricate connections, belonging to our past and our future, to the heritage and birthright that is beauty. Ulta Beauty shines a light on the AAPI community, passing the mic to brand founders and creators to tell their stories centered on heritage, joy, and beauty. They carry AAPI-owned and founded brands like Live Tinted, Peach and Lily, Glamnetic, Tree Hut, and more. Shop AAPI-owned and founded brands at Ulta Beauty Stores and Ulta.com. It's Monday, November 15th. I'm Gideon Resnick. And I'm Travel Anderson. And this is What A Day, the podcast that is under no financial obligation to mention that there are new holiday flavors of Sprite. Yes, uh, winter spiced cranberry is back in stores, but we are not being compensated in any way to say that. <laughs> that said, Sprite, just let us know if you want to throw some coins our way. <laughs> On today's show, President Biden's full itinerary today from signing the infrastructure bill to a summit with China's Xi Jinping, plus Portugal outlaws bosses from texting or emailing employees during off hours. Portugal doing the Lord's work. Shout out to them. <laughs> but first, at long last, Britney Spears is now free. It is official. The conservatorship of Britney Spears has been terminated. That was one of her fans and members of the hashtag Free Britney movement last Friday when a Los Angeles judge ended Spears' 13-year conservatorship. Her father, Jamie Spears, oversaw many aspects of her life, but after the decision, Britney finally won her battle to end the conservatorship, which began in 2008. Here's her lawyer, Matthew Rosengard, speaking to the crowd outside of the court on Friday. I'm so proud of her. I thank her for her courage and poise and power. The details and extent of the restrictions she faced really came to light this year. And Spears and her fans got increasingly vocal about the abuse she allegedly suffered during the time. We talked earlier with feature reporter Ashley Fetters Malloy. She is a dear friend of mine, so excited she could join. And she's been covering all of the court hearings for The Washington Post. And the first thing that we asked was what it was like for her to actually be at the L.A. courthouse when it was announced that the conservatorship was over. So I actually was in the courtroom during the proceedings, but um, of course, when I got to the courthouse, Stanley Mosque in downtown L.A., the block in front of the courthouse was just packed and it was awash in people dressed in pink, looking very festive. So really just, you know, lots of people showed up to witness this and to kind of to be at this rally outside the courthouse. You know, I walked out of there and, um, you know, obviously the decision was made and then the court hearing was over and you could hear, um, you know, just from the other side of the building, when the news happened, it was like confetti cannons burst and, you know, this this big whoop, this big, you know, joyful noise kind of erupted up from this big crowd that had gathered. So um, just a really, really happy day for a lot of people who had been waiting for this for a really long time. Yeah, I can only imagine. I want to shift to what actually like happens now, right? So the conservatorship is lifted. We often talk about what Spears was not allowed to do previously, but can you run us through a little bit of like what she legally is allowed to be in control of again at this point? There's a short answer and a long answer here. I'm going to go short answer first is like her person in her estate, obviously. Mm -hmm. you know, she'll have control over her day-to-day -day life, who she can see, where she can go and when. And she'll have control over her medical care. She will also regain control of her bank accounts, all the money that's in her name, once these last few outstanding matters get handled by the accountant that she brought in. 
I do think it's worth getting a little more specific here about the details of what Britney was not allowed to do under this conservatorship, because like there are some really salient details that just hit the public for the first time in the last few months. Right. So one really notable thing here is she will have control over her medical care Mm -hmm. and her reproductive health care. Something she said in court over the summer that I, I think really stuck with a lot of people, me included, is um, that she, under the conservatorship, was not allowed to make a doctor appointment to get her IUD, her birth control device, removed, despite the fact that she has said she really wants to have another child and get married. Wow. That got under the skin of a lot of people and really, mm-hmm. really lodged itself, I think. And um, yeah. Her conservatorship, it also gave her conservator, her her dad, power to cancel her credit cards as he pleased. It gave him power to spend money on a whole host of different things like his own legal fees, new business opportunities. He could hire security. He could pay himself a salary. And it gave him the power to enter her home, take possession of her home, kick people out as he saw fit or saw as necessary. Wow. So now that the conservatorship has ended, she gets all these specific powers back. She gets control over all these things back. And I do think it gets glossed over sometimes just how restrictive and how specific this conservatorship was in telling her what she could and couldn't do with her life and with her money. So I guess this is like a difficult question to answer, but is there any indication of what she will actually do now? I mean, beyond just sort of being allowed to function as a human being with freedom. Certainly. We do know she's engaged. And something she said in a hearing a few months ago that, again, I think stuck with me and stuck with a lot of people is that she was not allowed to go out driving with her boyfriend in his car. Again, just what a what a sad thing to not be able to do that when you are a 40 year old adult. Right. And um, so have to imagine she's doing that this weekend. (laughs) Right. (laughs) To imagine she's doing that this week. Um, And, you know, there's a big question right now over whether she will perform again. Mm. And her team has stayed pretty hands off about that. They've stayed pretty clear of answering that for her, Mm -hmm. I would say. Um, Someone did ask her lawyer, Matthew Rosengart, after the hearing, does Brittany have plans to perform again? And he said, if she wants to, which was a nice thing to hear. You know, it's it's a nice thing to hear her lawyer say, like, you know, she's in control of that now, whether she performs or not. You know, it it does seem like her her next priorities, as far as we know, obviously we haven't really heard that much from Brittany uh, in detail for a long time now. But something I I think we can expect to see pretty soon is she'll get married, maybe, maybe move forward on those plans to have more children. Yeah. So I also have a question about her father, Jamie. In your reporting, you mentioned that Brittany's lawyer said that Jamie and his representatives haven't responded to any document requests. They won't sit for a deposition to answer like money related questions. Do we have a sense of what might happen to him, legally speaking, even though the conservatorship is now over? The word right now from Brittany's lawyer is, yeah, it's like you said, all he has said on the matter is that they have sent requests, they've sent document requests, they've asked for a deposition and just have have not gotten cooperation thus far. He has said before that he does intend to investigate. So it sounds like there is an intent to kind of get to the bottom and get more details out of his team on, on the financial management, especially of her conservatorship. I know there's also more to be done on an investigation of TriStar Entertainment, which was the uh, firm that handled a lot of her money. Mm. So they will be in the mix somehow in the, in the next two hearings. There are two more hearings scheduled uh, in December and then in January. That was part of the court hearing on Friday was scheduling the next two dates. Got it. This case put the conservatorship system under a microscope. So how has Spears' case changed the conversation of that legal arrangement and possible reforms? Oh, my gosh. The short answer there is 
it's completely changed it, I think. Right. I've talked to multiple folks who work in uh, conservatorship and guardianship law and people who are advocates for reform in this area of the law. And something I've heard them say is that this case, for all its ugliness and all its sordid, awful details, is kind of a godsend for people who are subject to conservatorship abuse and who are trying to fight conservatorship and guardianship abuse. Like, these are really complicated and really strange arrangements, and they're difficult to understand. I can kind of understand now that I've reported on them why it's so hard to report on them and there's so little press around it. Right. They almost sound like too weird and dystopian to be real, right? It's like someone gets the court to call someone else incapacitated or incapable of taking care of themselves. And then once the court signs off on that, that person can't choose their own counsel to defend themselves mm-hmm. when someone else comes in and takes over their estate and their life. Right. Now that it's happened to a very famous person <laughs> in a very high profile way, there is this kind of increased public awareness of like, here's what happens when you are under a guardianship. Here's what conservatorship abuse could look like. Right. And I do think that will lend itself to you know more oversight. I think there's efforts to increase federal oversight and national standards around guardianship right now. And, and efforts, I think, on the state level and the national level to protect the rights of conservatees and people under guardianships to um, retain their own lawyers. So I do think this is going to be something that changes the conversation and really changes the standards around conservatorships as well. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, we would hope so. What are other conservatorships that are out there of notable people that might be drawing like similar questions? Like, is there a situation that's like unfolding that we know a little bit about that we're going to learn like a lot more about soon? Are there some that we know nothing about where this is unfolding? Yes. One case that I've come across that is actually going to pop up in a story that I'm hopefully going to publish this week about kind of conservatorship reform and and its intersection with the Free Britney movement is um, there's this artist named Peter Max who was kind of behind a lot of the really iconic visuals of the 1960s. He had this kind of wonderful, colorful, psychedelic style. Mm. And um, over the last few years, his daughter, her name is Libra Max, has been talking to the press a lot and and pursuing in court um, justice for her dad, who says is now the victim of an abusive guardianship. What she says, what she has said to the press and has said to me before, is that her father's being isolated by his guardian. His children don't have access to him. And of course, his estate is being drained away, paying for legal fees for the guardian who's taken over his estate and his finances. So it's a different situation, but it's it's a similar situation in its own mm-hmm. way, right? It, it, it involves a lot of control over someone who did not consent to being controlled that way. Right. Allegedly. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's a similar situation. And, you know, I have talked to a few other people who are dealing with this in their own families who, um, you know, have felt like it was so difficult for them to explain, you know, to their family friends or their family members or kind of people who weren't involved. Like, this is why I can't go see my mom. This is why I can't, you know, just have access to my childhood home when I want to. Right. Feature reporter Ashley Fetters Malloy, who has been covering the hearings for The Washington Post. It is so great to have you join today. Thank you again. Thank you so much. I don't know why I'm awkward with people that I know that join us for this show, but (laughs) I I apologize. Uh, Ashley is awesome. We're going to link to her work and her Twitter so you can keep following her indispensable reporting. But that is the latest for now. We're going to be back after some ads. What a Day is brought to you by Books. This Mother's Day, give mom her flowers. She absolutely deserves the best. And that's why you should send her farm fresh flowers from Books. That's short for bouquets. 
Books has modern designs and unique flowers you can't find anywhere else. And with 20% off, you can send some to mom, your wife, your auntie, even your granny, okay? Anyone who deserves flowers in your life mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be holiday specific. You get flowers, you're getting flowers, <laughs> everyone's getting flowers. <laughs> Go to books.com and use promo code WAD for 25% off. That is B-O-U-Q-S dot com, promo code WAD, books, promo code WAD. What a Day is brought to you by Fast Growing Trees. Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers. They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Plus, Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. We love fast-growing trees here. I keep telling you that the many plants that I've gotten from these folks are yet hanging on. Um, and that's not because I have a green thumb, okay? This spring, fast-growing trees, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code WAD at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com using the code WAD at checkout. Fastgrowingtrees.com, code WAD. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Therapy is great for, you know, you know that thing that just is like sitting on your shoulder, you can't get over it, and you just sometimes need somebody to talk through it with? Therapy can be helpful for that, you all, okay? You got to get it off your chest, you know? And you can do that with BetterHelp. So visit betterhelp.com slash wad today to get 10% off your first month. That's 10% off your first month at betterhelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash wad. Let's wrap up with some headlines. Headlines. President Biden starts his week today by scratching a longtime goal off of his to-do list. He is finally going to be signing the Trillion Dollar Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act into law. That bill is going to allocate $40 billion for bridge construction, $65 billion to build out broadbands and lines, billions of dollars to help build electric vehicle charging stations across the country, and more. And this signing is a win that Biden certainly needs at the moment. According to a Washington Post ABC News poll released this weekend, his approval rating has slumped to a record low of 41%. The poll found that the president's low overall approval stems from increased prices and rising inflation. Also today, Biden will attend a virtual summit with Chinese leader Xi Jinping. U.S.-Chinese relations have been icy, to say the least. Biden and Xi have only talked on the phone twice since Biden took office. But this video conference is expected to be their most substantial talk so far, and it's going to cover Taiwan, human rights, and trade. For years, the U.S. military has kept secret a 2019 drone strike in Syria that killed up to 64 women and children. Wow. New reporting by the New York Times says a drone dropped two bombs on a crowd huddled against a riverbank near the town of Baghouz. 
It was during the last days in America's fight against the Islamic State in Syria and one of the largest civilian casualty incidents in that war. The military never acknowledged the bombings until the Times sent its findings to the U.S. Central Command last week. The military replied with a statement claiming that it self-reported and investigated the deadly strike, but the paper detailed how, in the years since, the military did all it could to conceal all knowledge of it. One official for the Defense Department's Inspector General told the Times, quote, leadership just seemed so set on burying this. No one wanted anything to do with it. The paper says this incident is just one of many where the U.S. military undercounted or underreported civilian casualties from drone strikes in the battle against the Islamic State in Syria and Iraq. Yeah, that is absolutely outrageous. Wow. A federal appeals court reaffirmed its decision to block the Biden administration from enforcing its vaccine mandate for large private companies last Friday, writing that legal challenges to the mandate were, quote, likely to succeed on their merits. The court in question is the New Orleans-based U.S. Court of Appeal for the Fifth Circuit, which is composed of three judges appointed by Republican presidents. The judges said that Biden's mandate has the Occupational Safety and Health Administration, or OSHA, exceed its regulatory authority. The White House is still telling businesses to make preparations to comply with the mandate by January 4th when it is set to go into effect. Republican attorneys general in at least 26 states have challenged the requirements, and the cases will be consolidated into one court to be announced soon. Here is Surgeon General Dr. Vivek Murthy yesterday on the cost of delaying the mandate. It would be a setback for public health. What we know very clearly is that when people get vaccinated and the more people who get vaccinated, the quicker we're able to bring this pandemic to an end, the more lives we can ultimately save. Portugal is mobilizing its government to attack the Sunday scaries by making it illegal for bosses to text or email employees outside of working hours if it's not an emergency. Mm -hmm. A new law protecting people's, quote, right to rest was approved last Friday by the country's socialist-led government. It's one of the world's most robust attempts to regulate remote work since the pandemic forced many of our offices into the corner of our bedrooms with the smallest number of unfolded shirts. Other elements of the legislation give parents of children younger than eight the right to work from home without getting their boss's approval first and require employers to help pay the Internet and electricity bills of remote employees. According to Portugal's labor minister, the new rules are intended to protect domestic workers, but also encourage digital nomads from around the world to make the country their home base. So if you have to stay in the U.S., you can tell your boss you expect to be left alone on the weekends by adding an image of a Portuguese military tank to your profile (laughs) on Slack. Yeah, uh, I just want to be clear. That is the reason why mine has been there for a long time. (laughs) Now we know. Okay, we won't be hitting you up on the weekend anymore, Gideon. (laughs) Yes, thank you very much. And thank you (laughs) for the Portuguese military tank symbolism. And those are the headlines. One more thing before we go, the holidays are almost here and we're dropping new merch in the Crooked Store every week of November. This week, we have festive items like our Hysteria holiday ornament, friend of the pod tees and more. Shop all the new holiday arrivals now at crooked.com slash store. That is all for today. If you like the show, make sure you subscribe, leave a review, keep the Portuguese military looped in on your work situation, and tell your friends to listen. <laughs> and if you are into reading and not just words, winter spiced cranberry sprite is back like me. <laughs> what a day is also a nightly newsletter. Check it out and subscribe at crooked.com slash subscribe. I'm Travel Anderson. I'm Gideon Resnick. And, and fight, fight for, for your, your right, right to rest. rest. You deserve it. And you deserve more than you deserve. You deserve it all. Anything you can get. And then ask for more. Always ask for more. Always.
What a Day is a production of Crooked Media. It's recorded and mixed by Bill Lance. Jazzy Marine is our associate producer. Our head writer is John Milstein, and our executive producers are Leo Duran and me, Gideon Resnick. Our theme music is by Colin Gilliard and Kashaka. As a chef and a restaurant owner, I'm as meticulous about my cookware as I am about my ingredients. That's why I love Made In Cookware. Each pan they make isn't just designed to perform, it's crafted to last. As a mom, I love that I can trust Made In. It's made from the world's finest materials, so I can feel good about what I'm feeding my family. I'm Chef Brooke Williamson, and I use Made In Cookware. Shop chef-quality pots and pans at madeincookware.com. Escape to Ocean City, Maryland, and discover a place that just feels lighter. Every day feels like Saturday, and French fries are a food group. Where flip-flops are always in fashion, and seafood is always in season. Where the boardwalk is bustling, and the beach is right outside your door. Where you can rise with the tide, and feel like a kid again. Ocean City, Maryland. Somewhere to smile about. Book your trip at Oceocean.com.